0: 63rd episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than Food and Frightening Film Fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer: heavy spoilers ahead, turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week, we're talking about a series that has a tie-in with Friday the 13th, which we covered in our last episode, and that is Kane Hodder, who played both Jason in four Friday the 13th movies and also plays the lead role in the Hatchet franchise. He plays both Victor Crowley and his father, Thomas. What's fun about this franchise is there are a number of appearances by other horror icons, including Robert Englund, who of course is Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, Tony Todd, who is Candyman, R.A. Myhaloff, which is, he's Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Derek Mears, who also played Jason in the Friday the 13th reboot. Tyler Maine, who played Michael Myers in the 2007 Halloween reboot. Felissa Rose, who played Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp. Sid Haig, who was in the Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, etc. Tom Holland, who wrote... Uh, Psycho 2 directed the first Child's Play movie and wrote and directed Fright Night. Zach Galligan, who was in Gremlins. Caroline Williams, who was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And Mercedes McNabb, who was... um, In these movies, she's one of the two girls filming the Bayou Beaver segment. And she was in Adam's Family Values and a few other movies. There are four movies total in the Hatchet franchise. There's Hatchet from 2006, Hatchet 2 from 2010, Hatchet 3 from 2013, and lastly, Victor Crowley from 2017. All of the movies were written and directed by Adam Green, except for the third movie that was directed by B.J. McDonald. Producers include Adam Green, Scott Altimore, Sarah Elbert, Corey Neal, Will Barrett, Amanda Isaacson, and Ben Rock. Where to find these movies? The first Hatchet is available for free on Tubi, and the other three are available on Amazon Prime if you're a member for free. They are not on Netflix, Shudder, or Hulu, and I'm sure they're available other places as well, uh, including several of them on YouTube. Rotten Tomatoes scores: the first Hatchet movie critics gave fifty-five percent, audiences gave it a forty-five percent. The second movie critics gave it a forty, audiences gave it a thirty-five. The third movie critics gave it a fifty-seven, audiences gave it a thirty-nine. And the fourth movie, Victor Crowley, critics gave it a sixty-seven, audiences gave it a forty-seven. So the fourth movie is the highest movie ranked by both critics and audiences in the franchise. The plot, um, I'll go over what IMDb says and then just go over the basic plot. For the first hatchet, IMDb says, When a group of tourists in New Orleans haunted swamp tour find themselves stranded in the wilderness, their evening of fun and spooks turns into a horrific nightmare. And that's really it. The premise is pretty simple. Um, the tourists get picked off one by one by a crazy, axe-wielding, severely disformed giant guy. Um, and I'll talk about more about the legend in a minute. But we really don't need to know the people's names that are on this tour, but just because I have them here, I'll read them. So there is the tour guide. His name is Sean. Then there's Ben and Marcus, their friends who are just in in town to help Ben forget that his uh, longtime girlfriend has dumped him. And then there's a porn producer named Doug and two girls, Jenna and Misty, and they want to shoot some scenes in the swamp. Then there's a couple from Minnesota, Jim and I don't, I can't remember if it's Sharon or Shannon. And lastly in the group is a girl named Mary Beth, and we don't know much about her to start with. Mary Beth later tells the group that her brother and father went into the swamp and they are currently missing, and that's why she's there. And then she tells them about the legend of Victor Crowley and scares them all to death. Um their boat uh get stuck and they have to get on land and try to find their way to a road and instead they run into Victor Crowley's house. In the end, only Mary Beth and Ben survive and they're in a rowboat, so this is kind of reminiscent of the scene from Friday the 13th, the end of the first one, and Mary Beth is pulled into the water and then she sees a hand extended down to her, so she reaches for it, and she thinks it's Ben, but nope, it's not. It's Victor Crowley esten- extending Ben's severed arm down to her. So she he has ripped off Ben's arm and is holding it out for her, and she grabs it and is pulled out of the water, and that's the end of that movie. Now on to Hatchet 2. IMDB says... Marybeth escapes the clutches of the bayou butcher Victor Crowley and returns to the swamp with an army of hunters and gunmen determined to end Crowley's reign of terror once and for all. This movie picks up exactly where the previous one left off, but this time Marybeth is played by Daniel Harris of Halloween fame, and in fact they even reshot the final scene of the first movie to include Daniel Harris. In Hatchet 2, we learn more about the legend of Victor Crowley. So Thomas was a guy that lived in the swamp, and he was taking care of his terminally ill wife. And as her illness lingered on, he became closer to his wife's nurse, um, and she got pregnant. And after his wife seemingly died, she resurrected for a second and then cursed them both and the unborn child. When Victor was born, he was severely disformed, and his mother died in childbirth, and his father Thomas took care of him alone in their cabin, and once in a while they would go to get supplies, and the local kids uh, tortured Victor something terribly because uh, of his appearance. And while Thomas was away one night on Halloween... Several kids snook up to the house and threw lit firecrackers on the porch and not meaning to accidentally set the house on fire. Thomas comes back. He tries to get into the house to save his son. He uses the axe to break down the door, but he doesn't realize that his son is on the other side of the door and he accidentally kills him with an axe. So Victor now is a supernatural entity that relives the same night over and over again. A Reverend Zombie, who is um, the one that owned the boat um, that the first tour group was using, and he offers everyone in a group $500 to help him retrieve the first boat and $5,000 for anyone who can get the head of Victor Crowley. Zombie secretly thinks that if Crowley kills the three kids who are now older adults that caused his death, then the swamp will be safe and he can continue to run his tours. One of the men, who's Mary Beth's father, is already dead. Then there's her uncle and some other guy who ends up uh, with them in the group. After killing the last two men, you think it will be over, but nope doesn't slow Victor down, and no matter what they do to him, including destroying his body, he ends up resurrecting and coming back. So that's the end of two. Hatchet three, IMDB says, a search and rescue team heads into the haunted swamp to pick up the pieces, and Marybeth learns the secret to ending the voodoo curse that left Victor Crowley haunted and terrorizing Honey Island Swamp for decades. Mary Beth is again the sole survivor and tells the cops what's happened. And of course, no one believes her. A reporter named Amanda tries to team up with Mary Beth. Amanda's an expert on Crowley, and it seems that he's a repeater and he is doomed to repeat the same night over and over again. He's actually, according to Amanda, in search of his father. So Amanda, Deputy Winslow, and Mary Beth head over to the only reeling. Le- re- sorry, living relative of Crowley, who turns out to be Sid Hegg. So that was pretty funny. And they forcibly take the ashes of Thomas. Meanwhile, the body recovery team that went to the Island Swamp, almost all of them are dead. Then a swamp team, led by Derek Mears, is picked off by Crowley. Finally, the National Guard arrives, and Andrew... So Andrew... Remember, the first tour guide uh, was Sean. Then we had his brother, who is in the second group. Now we have a guy named Andrew, who's played by Perry Shen, who looks like those two guys, but apparently is no relation to them whatsoever. He, Andrew's the sole survivor, and then Victor impels Mary Beth on a tree branch, She hits him in the head with the urn containing her father's ashes, and then he dissolves, and we're not sure if Victor is really dead or not, and we're not sure if Mary Beth is going to survive because she has a tree branch to the side, and that's a pretty ugly wound. The fourth movie, Victor Crowley, IMDb says, Ten years after the events of the original movie, Victor Crowley is mistakenly resurrected and proceeds to kill once again. So Andrew, the sole survivor of the massacre, is doing a talk show circuit and hawking his book called I, Survivor. He says he single-handedly fought off Victor and tried to save as many people as possible. But we know that the only reason he survived was he hid like a little girl. And Andrew's publicist, who is played by the hilarious Felissa Rose, says she got Andrew $1 million if he will go back to Honey Island Swamp for a quick interview and photo shoot. He reluctantly agrees, but the small plane they're on goes down in the swamp. Meanwhile, three friends want to do an independent film about Crowley, and one of them has a video from YouTube where Reverend Zombie is reciting the curse to bring Crowley back to life. When they see the plane crash, uh, they drop the phone, uh, which continues to play the rest of the curse, which, of course, resurrects Victor. Um, And then bad things obviously start to happen. Um, Victor knocks off those three people, or two of those three people, relatively early. Then he traps the people that were on the plane that survived, still on the plane. And a swamp guide, Dylan, finally um, pushes Victor, uh, for almost everyone else is dead, into the running airplane engine, which chews up both of their bodies. In the end, guess what? Andrew again survives, which is pretty funny. And there's a post credit scene here where we see Mary Beth is alive and watches the footage on TV about the plane crash, and she has her shotgun ready, and she is going to wipe out Victor once and for all. On to trivia. I don't have that much, but I have a few good things. So the entire first movie was shot with a steady cam. I'm not sure if that applies to the other three movies. And the first movie was shot in 28 days, and actually most of it was shot at night. Anything that you see as a night scene really was a night scene, so they really did all of their shooting at night. And the film was shot in a desert outside of L.A., and it was really hard to make the desert look like the swamp, but they did a good job. The first three films all fit together as one long movie. The events happen over one weekend, so that's pretty cool. And as I've already said about the recurring characters, uh, but Victor Crowley, of course, is a returning character in all. Mary Beth Dunstan is a returning character, even though she's played by two actresses. The first time, it's Tamara Feldman. And then in the rest of the series, it's Danielle Harris. Andrew Young Uh, is a recurring character in two films, plus the same actor playing brothers Shane and Justin. Then there's Tony Todd, who plays Reverend Zombie in two movies, and John Carl uh, Buchler, who plays Jack Cracker in two movies, and he also does the show special effects and has done a ton of other special effects in other horror movies. There's a video on YouTube called Hatchet, The Making Of. It's about 40 minutes long, and it's, it's really fun watching. It shows really what uh, a good time they all had making the first movie. A real book by Jack Nader called I, Survivor was written to complement the series, and of course they referenced that in Victor Crowley when they say it's a book that Andrew wrote. There's a comic book series based on Hatchet. I think it has uh, like seven issues total. The movies did not do that well at the box office. The first Hatchet had a budget of $1.5 million, but the box office was only $208,000. Uh, i am not sure about the numbers on the other ones, but I think they fared much better in DVD sales. All of these movies were created on a micro-budget I think, with uh, Victor Crowley being the most expensive one. Um, R.A. Myhaloff belongs to a group of ghost hunters called the Hollywood Ghost Hunters, and this group was founded by Kane Hodder. They investigate hauntings and were formed when Kane and a few other guys were filming Fallen Angels in the Mansfield Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio where they claim to have had a paranormal experience. Now, I will tell you, I go to the Haunted House at the Mansfield Reformatory every year, and I have been on every tour that they have separately. I uh, have not had any experiences, but I have been uh, in lots of tours with people who claim they have had experiences. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting place. If you haven't been there and you're nearby, it's definitely worth a trip. Um, their uh, experience in Mansfield, I believe, was in the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures episode January the 7th, 2002, I think. And then the group also includes Adam Green and Rick McCollum. Adam Green had a no gi rule. And the only time they used CGI was for removing, like, wires, holding things up in the screen, or for cameras. Everything else is done with practical effects. And if you know me, you know that I much prefer practical effects to CGI. Adam Green also did a movie called Frozen, which I watched recently, and it's about people that are trapped in a car on the way... Uh, What do you call it? Um... Like a chairlift car, one of those things, um, on the way up a mountain uh, to a ski resort, and then they get left there, and bad things happen. Uh, the character of Parker O'Neill can be seen briefly on Reverend Zombie's TV when they go into Reverend Zombie's shop. Adam Green appears as one of his Ben and Marcus's friends in the first movie. And other crew members appeared during the Mardi Gras scene or were drunks who were vomiting on the side of the street when they headed to Zombie's shop. In each of these movies, someone says, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Carl Kane Hodder says, hatchet three is the hardest job he's done. Filming in the sweltering heat in New Orleans in the summer while wearing 30 pounds of makeup and prosthetics was very hard. And as I've said, the first film was filmed in L.A. and also the second film was filmed in L.A. Riley Vanderbilt, who plays SWAT team member Doherty, was also in the first two movies as young Victor Crowley and served as makeup artist in the first three movies. Ryan Green had a band called Haddonfield, In homage to Halloween, in uh, 1998. It is referenced in Victor Crowley when Andrew's ex-wife, his talk show host, says something about his stupid band and how nobody's ever heard of it. Uh, In Victor Crowley, the pilot is played by Adam Green and his in-real-life BFF, Joe Lynch, Will there be other Hatchet movies? Danielle Harris says Adam has told her there will hopefully be two more and they will be shot back-to-back, and that was of end of last year. I'm not sure if anything else has come about. Not that I saw that has come out about them thus far this year. Uh, Victor kills 64 people across four films. He, of course, has a Hatchet but likes to kill people in a variety of ways, including an electric sander which I think shows up in every movie, Uh, a really long chainsaw, uh, machete, you name it. He also uh, is fond of decapitating people and pulling their heads apart or slashing their heads, slashing their entire body apart. Um, And he also likes to cut the limbs off people. So he's he's a scary dude. Where to find these movies? I'm sorry, why should you watch these movies? Well, they're definitely a throwback to slasher movies of the 1980s, and in fact, the movie poster for the original Hatchet markets it as, quote, old-school American horror. The kills are outrageous, and the movies are very campy, so I enjoy the humor in them. Notable kills include Boat Rudder to the Face, several scenes where a head is chopped in half and the brain falls out and rolls around, double death by a very long chainsaw, and death while having sex. I already mentioned the appearances by famous people from other horror movies, which I really enjoyed. And I really also enjoyed the recurring character played by Perry Chen. As we said, he played Sean, Justin, and Andrew. So besides Kane Hodder, he is the only other recurring character in all four movies, Um, Of course, Daniel Harris was in two movies um, and then made a cameo in the fourth one. Uh, Perry can be really considered the final girl character of this franchise because he just keeps living no matter what. So good for him. All in all, the franchise is a lot more fun than I had expected it to be. I thought it was just going to be, you know, straight up horror. But it has a great combination of uh, campy comedy, and horror and gore. I would recommend someone see all four movies. Um, it just depends on who you ask as to which one is better. Many people consider Hatchet 2 or Hatchet 1 the best, but I think I kind of enjoyed Victor Crowley the most, just because, I don't know, this stupid overtop story and him having all these poor people trapped in a, a little plane. Um... So I really hope there are more movies about Victor. Um, Supposedly, if there is another movie, it is going to have him moving out of Honey Island Swamp. So let's hope he can go uh, into some metropolitan area and harass all the residents there. That would be a lot of fun. Now, on to the recipe. It should come as no surprise that I went with Foods Popular in New Orleans... So this information comes from the Food Network Canada article entitled 14 Iconic Foods You Need to Try in New Orleans. So I'll put the link in the show notes. So I just hit a couple of these foods. I'm not going to do all 14. New Orleans is heavily influenced by the Creole and Cajun cultures. And Creole blends French food with Spanish, African, Caribbean, Haitian, and Native American elements. Whereas the Cajuns are from Acadia, which is an area in northeastern Canada, Maine, um, that was originally settled by the French, but when the British took over, uh, the French left and many of them went to Louisiana. One way to tell the difference in the cooking is, as one person has described, um, Creole could be considered city food and Cajun could be considered country food. Creole cooking also utilizes a lot of tomatoes, whereas Cajun traditionally doesn't. And um, there's traditionally a difference in how much of the, say, animal is used in Cajun cooking, uh, because of the scarce initial scarcity of resources, uh, the entire animal is used versus in Creole cooking. Uh, there's not an emphasis on that because there wasn't a shortage. So foods you might want to check out while you're in New Orleans include gumbo. Gumbo is one of the most famous dishes. And it's a thick stew with lots of ingredients including sausage, seafood, chicken, okra and, of course, rice. Okra is one of those vegetables that, um, is often overlooked but is in a number of southern dishes. Boiled crawfish. Uh, crawfish, in case you don't know what they are, look like tiny lobsters. I think they're definitely an acquired taste. Not everybody wants to, um, bite off the head and suck the meat out of a crawfish. Um, But if you do, more power to you. They just kind of freak me out because of how they look. Po' Boys. uh, This is the New Orleans version of a submarine sandwich. And it can have lots of different ingredients. Jambalaya. Similar to gumbo. It contains rice and vegetables and some meat. Beignets. These are thick donuts uh, with um, sugar which are very popular desserts, oysters on the half shell, another acquired taste, which I enjoy, but I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, and Sazerac. Sazerac is a, um, cocktail that was invented in New Orleans in the 1850s, and in fact, it is one of the oldest cocktails. It combi- combines a rye whiskey, um, Patience bitters, sugar, and absinthe. And there are a number of videos on YouTube that show you how to make it. Um, So if you are interested in... uh, I had never heard of this cocktail before, but if you're interested in cocktails, uh, check it out and see what you think. I would check it out just because of the absinthe. And that's really it for some of the uh, highlighted foods. So where to find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfood, food and <laughs> foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. That's foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. In conclusion, please let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree about the Hatchet franchise. I do think it's one of those underrated ones where you just don't hear much about Hatchet. You hear tons of things, of course, about the Big Three, which is uh, Friday the 13th, Halloween, and Nightmare on Elm Street. But once in a while, I'll see something about Hatchet. But for the most part, I think people um, not a lot of people have seen this franchise, which is a shame because it's a lot of fun. So that's it for this week. Please stay safe. And if you see a guy with a hatchet, definitely run the other way. Uh, Not that it's going to help much because you can't kill Victor Crowley. So until next week, stay safe. We'll talk to you later. Bye.